Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast and a merry christmas eve to everybody that is listening a happy holiday season to everyone else that is not someone who celebrates christmas and happy Packers end of season. Postseason is upon us to everybody that is one of our listeners. This is the Thursday episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host this evening. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I am back after last week was not my favorite Wednesday that I've ever experienced. I ended up working, uh, it was 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. when it was all said and done. So I missed last week's episode. Uh, thankfully, Maggie held down the fort and Jimmy exists. Uh, so we always have that <laughs> tonight. Jimmy does not exist. Uh, he is getting an ultrasound for his his second child. So congratulations to Jimmy and his wife, Des. Uh, Jimmy had to ask Des if I could say that. So she said yes, as you can tell. And I have, of course, Maggie Loney joining me tonight, uh, getting ready for Christmas and everything that uh, that entails. So Maggie, how's the prep? How's everything going? Uh, for the big holiday it's easy i wrapped my presents like the day that i got them mark's last to wrap all of his presents so i don't know when that's gonna happen probably right before we leave uh, to go to my parents house but yeah you know i'm i'm always with it i'm always type a ready to go (laughs) yeah i remember we had it very set i remember once one year in particular when it came to getting like my mom's christmas presents it was always up to my dad right because when we were kids your dad is the one that buys your mom's Christmas presents and you just put your name on them. It's your idea. He buys it and then you put your name on it and it's cool. One year I remember we went to the mall on Christmas Eve trying to find gifts for her. And this is before online shopping and all that stuff. And, or at least before that was a big deal. And that was the worst experience of my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was so going shopping at the mall on Christmas Eve, number one, which is bad in and of itself and then wrapping all of those gifts that night after my mom left and i was still young enough at that point to reasonably believe in santa claus i think i was like eight years old so that was a disaster all the way around and i was afraid santa was going to miss my house so that was that was not fun i like cringed for a minute but i'm not sure that there's any like elementary school kids that listen to pack a day but I very much am like a big Santa person and I cannot wait to be Santa when I have kids. Like I'm, except Mm -hmm. I need to hire somebody to wrap my presents because I don't know if it's because I'm like a lefty and I can't cut the wrapping paper with scissors, but I'm really deficient in the wrapping department. A lot of my stuff just goes in bags. I can promise you Jennifer (laughs) Westendorf will do it if you ask nicely. So if you just send that stuff down here, she'll do it and send it back. So that would be great. (laughs) Uh, Apologies to uh, Big B and Joey the Jaguar. If you guys are listening to this episode, if I just spoiled (laughs) (laughs) for you guys. Uh, One thing we're all hoping that is under our late Christmas tree is the number one seed in the NFC. The Packers do have a chance to clinch that this Sunday with a win over the Tennessee Titans and a loss 
by the Seattle Seahawks. And this Sunday, it really was. Everything came up roses for the Packers this weekend. The Rams losing unexpectedly to the New Jersey Jets. The New Orleans Saints losing, obviously, to the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Packers needed one loss from New Orleans. I think they have a good chance to lose on Friday night against the Minnesota Vikings. The Saints are a team that a lot of people, I think, are going to pick to go to the Super Bowl. And frankly, I just... After watching Drew Brees, they don't – I mean, their defense is really good, but Drew Brees just doesn't scare me, and he looked really rough on Sunday against the Chiefs defense, which has some good players, but I just frankly don't think is very good at this point in time. Maggie, last night I was talking to a few people, and you know they said the Packers look like the favorite in the NFC right now almost regardless of where the NFC playoffs go through. And right now it would have to be a, a relatively large collapse for the Packers to – uh, not get that number one seed in the NFC. But, I mean, at this point, if you go up and down the NFC and you said this is the one team that you want to avoid in the NFC playoffs, who is it? You know, I think that a lot of fans are thinking the Bucks, all things considered, and that was the Packers' worst loss of the season. And, you know, the speed they have at the middle linebacker position does make me a little nervous. Um, and obviously seeing what happened in 2019 with the 49ers twice. Um, but to me, I think it's the Rams, and I think it's just because their defense is so smothering and their front seven. And, you know, you have Jalen Ramsey kind of commanding the secondary. You have Aaron Donald, who is like the league's best player on defense. So I think that that offense is good in, in spurts, and it can do enough, and their defense can hold on for them. So I think to me it would be the Rams because they're probably the most well-rounded team that would be left in the playoffs. Yeah, for me, it's kind of a flip of a coin, I guess. The reason I go with Tampa Bay is because their defense does have that high-end potential, like you just mentioned, and they do match up in some spots with Green Bay. But if we're going with at Lambeau Field, potentially in the cold in a playoff game, fans, no fans, doesn't matter. I just trust Tom Brady to not make that level of mistake. That being said, I fear no team. I think the Packers are better than all of them. That doesn't mean I think, that doesn't mean they're going to win. It doesn't always work that way. The Packers were better than the Giants both times they played them in the playoffs, and they lost both of those games. So the better, the best team doesn't always win. But I think the Packers right now, I don't know how you watch this team and don't feel good about your chances. And I know they're coming off maybe what is not their, their greatest or prettiest win on Saturday night. But then you watch the league on Sunday and look around the league and watch – the Rams lose to the New York Jets. And that was a team that everybody had essentially crowned the favorite in the NFC after they beat a really bad New England Patriots team on a Thursday night football game. Like yeah. I, the whole thing just didn't make sense to me how quickly the Rams went from, you know, kind of a, not an afterthought, but a maybe to NFC favorite because they beat a bad Patriots team. Like that's not Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Dante Hightower and all those guys over there. It's, it's, replacement level players that's just and a washed up cam newton so i didn't understand that but i'm not afraid of any of those teams and another guy i'm not afraid of is derrick henry and i know that that is like the sanjay murthy if you're listening i've seen all your stuff and i'm calling you out man i've seen it all and i saw it when it was 21 to 3 in favor of the packers your little logo that or graphic that you had of there's it's three sharks a small one of the Panthers a bigger one of the Packers and this huge one of Derrick Henry and I don't know how you decided to post that when it was 21 to 3 but more power to you your emotion as a fan is one of the reasons I love you but that is uh, not something if I'm not afraid of the boogeyman then I am not afraid of Derrick Henry and I, I did find it funny this week I posted a poll 
on Twitter and I said, you have to win one game. Who are you picking Aaron Rodgers or Derrick Henry? And 94% of the answers out of about 500 votes said Aaron Rodgers. And I just find it kind of funny with those results. I see the team that has Aaron Rodgers, according to my timeline, has no chance to win this game this weekend. So let's start with that Derrick Henry portion. Obviously, that is the Packers bugaboo, if you will. Their rushing defense has been the the talk since last January where they got run over in the NFC Championship game. And now they've played better as of late, uh, leading rushers against the Packers since November 1st to average 69 yards per game. That's pretty good. Now, some of that because they've been able to get to some leads, some of that because they're playing some bad rushing teams. This is the ultimate test. They are facing the best running back in all of football against a team whose identity is to give him the football and just kind of let him eat people. I understand all that. That being said, I think the Packers, if they're just able to hold their own in the running game, and we'll get to what my fear on all that is here in just a little bit, I think they're able to do enough to slow him down. Now, what all that means, and I've seen teams do it, uh, remains to be seen. But what are your thoughts on Derrick Henry coming into this matchup? Derrick Henry's going to get his yards. Derrick Henry's going to eat. Derrick Henry's going to have a decent showing regardless of what happens with the Packers. But, you know, I think that's one of the things that we'll probably talk about is the Packers offense. And you have, if you throw the Chiefs in there, the three top scoring offenses in the league. And it was the Packers until last week when the the Titans put up a 40-burger on the Lions. So, you know, you're, you're contending with that offense and Derrick Henry. And I know he's a big part of that Titans offense, but... If you're going score for score, the Titans have a terrible pass rush. They're last in the NFL in sacks and pressure. And, you know, we saw kind of a, an outlier performance from the offensive line. It kind of sounds like Corey Lindsay will be back for Sunday. So I think if you're looking at this Packers offense and being able to go score for score, if your defense can get one or two stops, knowing that Derrick Henry is going to still have his opportunities, I mean, they're not going to hold him to 20 yards. That's unrealistic, but even if he has a hundred yards like Christian McCaffrey did last year, he had a really nice game for the Panthers, but the Packers made the plays on defense when they needed to and won that game. So I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a one score game, but I just, yeah, you have to keep Derrick Henry in check. And I think the biggest concern is making sure that the offense can put up points and kind of match score for score with the Titans, because as we've seen, this Titans offense can score a lot of points. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, and he's had that happen. I mean, he's had some poor games. One is recently 
as three weeks ago against the Cleveland Browns, 15 carries, 60 yards. The, the Titans got down big early, and they were unable to recover from that. That's kind of the Packers' main formula for success. But there's been some other ones. The Chicago Bears held him in check, 21 carries for 68 yards, 20 carries for 75 yards against Pittsburgh. And that was a game the Titans fell behind early. And again, this Titans team has been a little Jekyll Hyde throughout the course of the season. They've struggled. Cleveland is a team that I don't think anybody is going to say is better than maybe Mark Loney, but I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to say that Cleveland is better than the Green Bay Packers. Mark Loney would not say that. Mark <laughs> Loney would not. Okay. Well, then that's fair enough. But nonetheless, I mean, this this Titans team, you know, they had one game where everybody points to this fact that, you know, the that he ran all over the Indianapolis Colts. They also forget the fact that the Colts were missing DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry in that game as well. So that that certainly played a part into that big thing. But like you mentioned, Derrick Henry is a great player and he's going to get yardage. The Packers are not going to shut him down. It's, it's one of those things like just in the same token of Mike Vrabel is in defensive meetings with the Titans now saying, we know we're not shutting down Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They're just hoping to contain them to where they don't completely destroy the game and ruin it. you got to make a couple key stops at the same time. That being said, like you mentioned, if this is going to be a game that goes score for score and this Titans defense is terrible, it's 30th in the gold zone and 32nd in uh, on third down, it's one of the worst defenses in football. If Let's just say the Packers are the worst run defense in football, and they're not, but let's just say they are. If the worst rushing defense is facing the best running back and the worst passing defense is facing the best quarterback. I'm taking the team with the best quarterback against the worst pass defense. Cause that's just more important, especially in this day and age where passing is King. The Packers have the advantage, even if, and I don't understand the lack of faith in the fact where this is the same fan base all week long touting how our quarterback is the league MVP, the best player in the NFL. And yet we're worried about, not being able to do enough against a team that has Derrick Henry. Like I understand the thought of not wanting to stop or not thinking they're able to stop Derrick Henry, but not having the idea that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to put up enough points against a horrendous defense. Like if you guys think the Packers defense sucks, watch this Titans defense. It is awful. And they don't have, like you mentioned, Maggie, any pass rush. And Jeffrey Simmons was a DNP today. He's one of their best interior defensive linemen probably their best interior pass rusher. Jadeveon Clowney hasn't made a whole lot of noise for them this year. Harold Landry, a former draft crush of mine and pretty much all of Packers Twitter is pretty much there. Yeah. Everybody's their cornerbacks stink. Their safety play has been poor this year. Their linebacker plays not very good. Essentially if green Bay can keep Aaron Rodgers upright, they can score 40 and get out of their own way. Cause this is the, I've said it all year long. The only team that has stopped the Packers offense is the Packers. And Saturday night was another example of that to some degree because, yes, the Panthers did a good job of getting after Aaron Rodgers. But the reason I say the Packers stopped the Packers is because they were running for nine yards a crack and they only ran the ball nine times in the second half, two of which came on the final series where they were trying to run out the clock. Inexcusable to me. That's beside the point. Derrick Henry, not the only guy playing on Sunday, though. The Titans have maybe the best play-action passing game in all of football, they're running. This is this is a game with teams that are kind of mirror images of each other, right? Ryan Tannehill, obviously not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Arthur Smith is running the same playbook that Matt LaFleur had when he was there. And now Tannehill has been revived since he was in Tennessee. They have two really good receivers in Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. They have John o. Smith, a really good tight end, and they've been really creative on the offensive side 
of the ball. This is the part of the game actually that worries me more. And this is where I look and implore Mike Patton. And if you're listening and I'm sure you are, Jair Alexander needs to shadow wherever AJ Brown is because AJ Brown is a game wrecker and in a legitimate unique mover. He was the best receiver in that draft class, not named DK Metcalf. And he has certainly proven to be that in his short pro career. I think the Packers need to find a way to take him away. If Corey Davis beats you, so be it. I will take my chances with Corey Davis. I know he's had a good season and he's a good player, but I'll take my chances with Kevin King and Shannon Sullivan and Kadar Hallman and whoever else they throw at Corey Davis. But I am not letting anyone else get anywhere near A.J. Brown because I do not think that is a good matchup for the Packers. How do you see the Packers matching up against this passing game? Yeah, similar to what you're saying, I fully would expect or want, hope, I guess, that uh, Jair is kind of on A.J. Brown. And then, you know, Corey Davis, like you said, he's he's got his moments of being really explosive. We saw that last week on the 75-yarder. Um, I don't care if you give Kevin King safety help over the top so that you don't have those things happen. You know, if there's Derrick Henry-sized gaps in the running game, I feel like Adrian Amos is probably going to play closer to the line, so that'll be a lot of Darnell Savage kind of over the top. But, yeah, I think that Jair definitely has to be the guy on A.J. Brown. And, you know, between the two of them, it's like 1,700 yards, 15 touchdowns, and that's not even factoring in Jonu Smith, who you already mentioned. So, that that offense can be explosive. And I think, you know, you saying that either team can hang 40, that's when we get to score predictions, that's what's going to be really interesting is does this blow the top off the game because both offenses are so explosive or does it end up being a really low scoring game because of the fact that that's exactly what you're preparing for and neither offense can get going? I kind of think that's the that's going to be the key to the game is which offense can get going first. Yeah, and I think that both offenses have a really good opportunity. But I think that you know the Titans have this reputation as this team that's tough and hard-nosed, and it's probably because of Mike Vrabel being a former defensive player, and he's kind of a meatball on the sideline in the way that he acts and everything like that. And I understand that. He's a really good coach, too. That certainly plays into it and to why the Titans are as good as they are. And Derrick Henry, certainly, when you're a running team, you get – certain reputations that come with that running team, hard nosed and good defense, but the Titans are not that the Titans defense is horrendous, awful. One of the worst in the NFL. And for as much gnashing of teeth and everything as there is about this Packers defense and how bad they are and how quick they need to fire Mike Patton as soon as this season is over and all of that stuff, the Packers defense is much better than this Titans unit. And they have an opportunity especially up front, if they can get the Titans into some passing situations, Taylor Lewan is not playing. And the Titans' backup left tackle did not participate in practice today. Again, this is an opportunity for Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary and Mr. December, Kenny Clark, to have a whale of a game. And something else I want to talk to, and I didn't get to it when we talked to you about Derrick Henry, mostly because I didn't think about it at the time and I'm kind of dense, but this is why we write stuff down. Last week, Christian Kirksey was – Matt LaFleur can call it whatever he wants. He was demoted. He's not wearing – when you when you wear the green dot one week and you don't the next week, that's a demotion. Chris Barnes responds with the best game of his young career. Now, there have been some low lows in Chris Barnes' career as well. And Kamal Martin is somebody else who has had some high moments and the same token. 
how do you think the Packers, because the Packers are historically known for playing a lot of nickel and dime. How do you think Mike Pettin approaches this Titans team that really can be a pick your poison kind of offense? Because I think what they probably should do is just play their base nickel and their DBs, frankly, just, you got to be ready to tackle because I mean, unfortunately you're going to have to end up with the risk of ending up on sports center with a Derrick Henry stiff arm, but with as much talent as the Titans have at their skill positions and that running back back there, you can't play just base because then the Titans are going to kill you at their play action passing game. That's this is the, the Titans offense is almost in the final form of what Matt LaFleur wants this offense to look like once AJ Dillon is up and running. Yeah, no, I'm with you base nickel. Absolutely. And you know, one player is not going to make or break this Packers defense, but this is the game that I was really excited about the emergence of Raven green, because when I think about a hard hitting kind of box safety hybrid linebacker who can play closer to the line and kind of provide that run support, we've seen Adrian Amos do it. And I think that he's fully capable talk about, you know, emerging as a pro and he's always been steady and consistent, but I think he's putting together some of his best football getting down the stretch. He and his presser was talking about things that he can do to get better, be quicker to the ball. Um, I think you've said it. The defense needs to wrap up. Derrick Henry is up top, if not the top rusher as far as broken tackles are concerned. I think he's got at least 25 on the season. You mentioned the stiff arms. We've seen it. The uh, dive with your shoulder tackles are just not going to work against him. So, I mean, I think you do you do have to give them a little bit of help over the top safety-wise. I don't think, like you said, you can commit to just a base defense because Ryan Tannehill is – you reviving his career with the Titans and he's looked really good having his best season as a pro. So he can still pick you apart with the weapons that he has, especially a guy like John, John Smith, which with such that big body in the middle of the field, but I do like Chris Barnes in these opportunities and it's not a knock on Christian Kirksey. I was obviously pretty high on him given what we saw from him in Cleveland when he was healthy, those first couple seasons, but I think it's a good opportunity for Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin. The thing about Kamal Martin is, you know, I mean, I guess Chris Barnes too, but it seems like Kamal Martin has a couple more growing pains. And I think a lot of that is because he missed some time being injured, but both Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin have put a lot of really good um, gap penetration on tape. And I think we saw some of that against the Panthers too. There were a couple moments, you know, Chris Barnes blew up a screen. Kamal Martin got in the backfield a couple times. And I think that's what you're looking for against this Titans offense on Sunday. So I'm assuming Chris Barnes is the starter. If he can play, it doesn't sound like his eye injury was anything that was going to linger. And I'm sure Chris uh, Christian Kirksey will have his opportunities, of course, in certain sub packages. But I think Chris Barnes has to be your guy in the middle of defense on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's what the Packers clearly decided with him being the green dot as well. I think, it, you know, the question now is between Kirksey and Kamal Martin. And something I like about Martin is – and Barnes too, honestly, is when they make mistakes, it just looks so much faster than the mistakes yeah. some of the other guys make. And, you know, Kirksey, he has the knowledge of the defense. Obviously I'm not saying every player has some form of value. He's just really struggled the last several weeks. Honestly, I thought he played well initially when he came back from his injury against like Jacksonville um, and a couple other of those, you know, early games played well against Indianapolis outside of, you know, unfortunately getting matched up with a wide receiver on a crossing route, which that's unfortunate for him, but it's, it's what happened. And, you know, we move on from that, but one other guy who's struggling and really struggled last week and, and the week prior is Kevin King. And another guy I thought played really well against Chicago. 
I thought he played pretty well against Philadelphia. And since then, not that great against Detroit and really a rough Saturday night game uh, against Carolina. And to the point almost where Ross Uglum is one of the most patient men I've ever met when it comes to players and especially when it comes to benching players. He said something along the lines of, I'm surprised they continue to play King full time. The only worry I guess I have off of that is, you know, their other options at this point are Kadar Hallman, who's played very little. Shannon Sullivan, they could move him outside, I suppose, but that doesn't seem like a role that best fits him all that well. And Josh Jackson's been a healthy scratch for the last few weeks. I think they've they've told you how they feel about him because if they thought there was any chance of him being a solid cover cornerback for them in a pinch, he would be active and they would figure out somebody else to be inactive for special teams purposes. But what are your thoughts on King or is it just kind of is what it is at this point and you're kind of hoping for the best between now and the end of the season or do you think there's a chance that if he continues to struggle, that Kadar Hallman is trotted out there and the Packers try something different. It's it's tough because, I mean, when you look at especially kind of receivers that the Packers might see in the playoffs, you like King for his body type and the physicality that he kind of brings to those matchups. And it's not to say that Jair isn't a physical guy because he absolutely can take your lunch money just like Kevin King can. But, you know, I think that he's a really nice matchup on the boundary. And I'm glad you mentioned Josh Jackson because he has been a healthy scratch and you know, Kadar Holman has looked good in his moments, but we haven't necessarily seen him put together a ton of tape on the outside in that premier role. And Jandon Sullivan looked really good last week too, but he had struggled in spurts. So I think that there's just a cohesion issue here with the defense. And I think at this point, especially kind of where we're at with Mike Patton and knowing his tendencies kind of feels a little too little too late when you talk about removing him from the lineup. And I don't know. I mean, I think that he did get picked on a little bit against the Lions and against the Panthers. And of course, the fumble recovery will taint uh, the perception of his performance a little bit because it was a really heady heads up play to get that ball up to midfield. And the Packers scored. That was a nice 14 point swing there. But I mean, as far as going into a game against the Titans with guys like Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, I feel better with Kevin King out there than probably anybody else in the cornerbacks room right now outside, of course, Jair Alexander. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm probably in the same boat at this point. Like you said, it just kind of, it is what it is. And yeah. it's unfortunate. I think, you know, when we do an off-season show after Super Bowl Sunday and the Packers are crowned world champions, we're going to be talking about I think their number one need with a bullet is his cornerback. And I, I don't think King will be back. And I think the Packers, there's certainly an upside to, we know what Jair Alexander is, and there is so much value in having somebody like that. If they can find somebody that is, and you don't even have to be great across from Alexander. You know, if you can just be a good player across from Alexander, what you're hoping for is Kevin King to me, 
is like the MVS of the Packers defense where it's kind of a roller coaster. And when you get the goods, man, it's good because Kevin King against Chicago, that was good. Kevin King against some of the other teams they played early in the season, some of the games they played last season where he'd put together some sticky coverage and some interceptions. That was good. Kevin King. But then there's bads where, you know, in MVS's case, it's dropping the ball or, you know, not running the right routes or being in the wrong spot. In Kevin King's case, is obviously it's getting toasted or, you know, it's just strange some of the stuff about him. He's got this tall, long frame. And what was it, a deep ball last week to DJ Moore that it just seems like it should have been easy. Just high point the ball and knock it away. And that should be what he's good at. And he just hasn't been. And the things that he hasn't been good at, He's never gotten better at. And the Packers right now, it's crazy that one of the biggest disappointments of this team's roster at the moment, and there's a lot to go around on it, and that's this is a different discussion for a different day, but is how much they've invested in that cornerback position. And the only player that you could say is legitimately very good is Jair Alexander. And Shannon Sullivan is, I think he's a good player. Uh, I think there's a debate between how good, certainly, but he's somebody that they found for peanuts on the scrap heap. So you can even kind of say that's one of those. Some call it good scouting. Some call it luck, whichever one it is. I mean, if you're a Packers fan, I'm going to call it good scouting. So that's what you're hoping it is. But that's, that's an off season topic. We'll get to that with Sunday. You're just kind of hoping that he can contain Corey Davis enough, but I don't know if you're, it's something about defenses and maybe it's because these guys are smarter than me, but it's something I don't understand. You've got a guy like Jair. I don't, understand how those guys don't my thought is that's their best player take him away you know bill belichick does it with stefan gilmore if the packers are playing the patriots i guarantee you stefan gilmore is covering Devonte adams and yeah. that's just the way that things have gone he did it with darrell revis as well it's just you got to have a counter to stuff like that and i'll be interested to see how that goes it's sunday night it's december 27th it's against the tennessee titans on sunday night football al michaels and chris collinsworth will be on the call the packers will potentially be playing for the number one seed. And they will know by that point, if they are playing for the number one seed, the Rams and the Seahawks will kick off before that. And we will all be wearing our blue and gold pom-poms and waving those around before that, rooting for the Los Angeles Rams. Here's one hypothetical question I have, because I found it interesting. I've seen both. I've seen both answers. Let's say the Rams win and Green Bay wins. How do you approach week 17 against Chicago? And the one seat is wrapped up. Everything's done. It's tough. And I, I totally understand both perspectives, right? Like if you put out Aaron Rodgers and then he takes an unnecessary shot, even if it's something like a concussion, you're not sure he's going to recover in time for the playoffs and you don't want to lose your best player. But when you sit for multiple weeks, then you run the risk of being rusty. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not a good example because it kind of goes into that preseason argument where can these players get up to speed without some of that practice and Aaron Rodgers is a consummate pro. So maybe it's not him that you'd be concerned about, but if it's me, I would play, I think the starters for at least a half and then kind of evaluate the game. Obviously, like you said, it's hypothetical, assuming the Packers have the number one seed already locked up. And there are guys like, I have a hard time thinking Zadarius is going to want to sit if he's close to a career high in sacks or something. You know, there's a lot of players that probably have some personal milestones they want to hit or maybe some bumps in their contract that they want to meet by the end of the season. But I think you evaluate, you start your starters and then you kind of evaluate as the game goes on. And if things get out of hand, obviously you bench your guys. If it's a blowout the other way, you bench your guys. But 
I guess to flip it then, not only your thoughts on that, but you had mentioned pre-show, the Tim Boyle-Jordan Love debate. So I would like to hear that from you now that we are officially uh, recording the show. Yeah, it's uh, I, I would approach the game the same way. I said it the way that I would approach that game is just like the way teams used to approach the third preseason game. And that is that it's a dress rehearsal. You can't bench everybody, obviously, because this is a 55-man roster where you play your guys for a half. But I, you know, I take guys like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and Devontae Adams and those really important Aaron Jones. You know, that this is AJ Dillon time in week 17. And they are taking handoffs and giving snaps to Jordan Love. And that is because Tim Boyle is not going to be on the team next year. His contract is up. And with the way the offseason is and everything like that, the Packers are not going to get a compensatory pick for Tim Boyle. I don't think any team is going to have – they're not going to use 2019 and 2018 preseason tape where he's playing against guys that are bagging groceries and one half against a Bears team that may or may not have something to play for to justify giving him a starter's contract. Then again, I suppose Ryan Pace is still employed as far as I know, so I guess that is certainly a possibility. Jordan Love was drafted – with two reasons in mind. Number one, to be Aaron Rodgers' successor. And if that is the case, then you have to, I would think, see what you have in him, at least to some degree. And then you can get a gauge, give him some experience. You're not going to ruin him. You're not going to do anything to him that hinders, unless he suffers an injury. And if that's the case, it's football. That sucks. That could happen. And that could happen at any point. But that's that's what I would do. And then I think the other one uh, that you have in mind is to trade him. But nobody's going to trade for Jordan Love if they never see him play. So I think you have to throw him out there and let him play. I know I said draft night, I think there was a 0% chance that Jordan Love never took a meaningful snap for the Packers. And I wouldn't call week 17 garbage time meaningful snaps. I mean, as the no question starting quarterback. I think that percentage has changed because Aaron Rodgers is having an MVP caliber season at this point. So you have to see whether or not, one, is he your starter in two, three years, or is he someone you can trade for you know, a second or third round pick just like the Patriots did with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then next year and the year after, when they cut the preseason down to two games, Jordan Love takes every single snap. I see no need for a training camp arm to take, with all due respect to those guys that come into camp and they're competing for jobs, and I get it, but no need to give those guys those snaps. So I would, yeah, I would let Aaron Rodgers play. On the defensive side of the ball, again, you draw your line at, like you said, some guys like Z and Jair and Adrian Amos. and But the problem is in those games, like you said, you can't sit everybody. So it's unfortunate that it is that way. So some guys are going to have to play. It's just a you know play assignment, alignment football and and get out of there if everything is locked up. But I'm going with Jordan Love. That's, that's what I would do. You kind of went – I don't think you gave me a definitive answer pre-show. So I'm interested now we're, we're live. So you got to go on the record. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that I just, I don't see the Packers trotting out Jordan love, given the fact that he's been QB three all year. And Tim Boyle has always been the guy that dressed, you know, Jordan love hasn't been active for a game. I don't believe all season. So it just seems tricky for me to picture the Packers giving him a week of like QB one QB two reps and then having him go out there against Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, you know, we saw what happened in 2018 when Aaron Rodgers got hurt and the, the backup trotted out for, um, you know, like a half. And that didn't seem very fair to him in the moments, even though it's your job as a backup. So I guess I just don't see the Packers testing out Jordan love against a bears defense 
and against a team just like the Vikings that celebrates injuring players. So not that I would want anything ever to happen to Tim Boyle, but it just feels like they would give him that opportunity to go be the guy, especially if they don't think he's coming back to Green Bay or they won't bring him back to give him an opportunity maybe to catch the eye of somebody else that could pay him some money. Yeah, what they would do and what I would do are two completely different things. I would not have drafted Jordan Love, for example, and clearly they did. So mm-hmm. that's where we that's where we sit right now. But before we could get to that, they have to win Sunday night and they have to have some help, obviously, as well. Sunday night football, it's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's the home finale, maybe. Well, no, I'm sorry. It will not be the last home game in Green Bay. They are guaranteed at least one more home game between now and the end of the season. So, Maggie, how does it go? I, I keep going back and forth on a good score, and I just I get the sense that it's going to be a really fun offensive game. I think we're going to see a lot of points, and maybe this is just completely astronomical, but given the trends from both of these teams, I really feel like it's going to be something like 41-38 Packers. And I just feel like this is a Packers team that knows what's in front of them. And, you know, I don't know if it's the social media perception, but it always feels like the Packers fandom is afraid to pick the Packers against good football teams. And I think that this year, I mean, in 2019, I get it, right? It was the most fraudulent 13-3 and team to exist until the Steelers now have come onto the scene to become the most fraudulent uh, team uh, with a winning record. But... Yeah, I think that there's just this is a time this Packers team has proven that they can hang tough in close games and they're winning the games that we would not have expected them to win in 2019. Let's say it like that. So I think the Packers are going to surprise some people on Sunday night. And I think that this is going to be the game that maybe helps some of the non-believers believe that this could be a Packers team that makes it all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm with you. I, I've said I thought I thought they would split the AFC South games, whether that yeah. was the Colts or the Titans. Uh, so if they lost, they lost the one against the Colts. I'm picking them to win against the Titans. It's a home game. And like I mentioned earlier, if it's the running back who's dominant versus the quarterback who's dominant, give me the quarterback every single time. And we've seen that happen just last year. The The Titans ran all over everyone they played in the playoffs until they ran into Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's what I think Green Bay's formula is. Take advantage of this piss-poor defense and put up points and make the Titans do that. And I, I mean, I know I probably should believe in Ryan Tannehill because it's been almost two full seasons now, but I still don't. Not all the way, at least. I still think he's good enough. But at some point, if it's a shootout between Ryan Tannehill and Aaron Rodgers, give me Aaron. I mean, give me Aaron Rodgers against anybody, to be honest with you. But that's the case. I think it's a shootout. I'm with you. I'll go 45 41. I think it's a, a big time point scoring type of game and it may very well come down to who has the ball last so not for the faint of heart and it'll be fun it'll be exciting and these are the kinds of games that get you ready and juiced up for the playoffs and i will even go on record saying at the end of that game the packers will have the number one seed in the nfc because i do think the rams beat the seahawks bouncing back from a horrendous loss (laughs) against the new york jets which i still can't fully believe absolutely happened but i think the packers win I think they get everything locked up and then we can kind of kick back and relax on a new year uh, for the, the NFC, the NFC North being wrapped up in the NFC's number one seed, which would be the first time the Packers have clinched that honor since 2011. And Maggie, you mentioned it, how everything's in front of them and they, they talk about it. Like, yeah. That is something they acknowledge that they've always wanted that game, the NFC title game, the postseason at Lambeau field. 
And now they have that opportunity and they have it all right in front of them. Everything they want is controlled by their own destiny. So if that doesn't happen, if they have to go to New Orleans or Seattle or L.A. or wherever for the title game, they have nobody to blame but themselves at this point. Maggie, Mariah Carey is famous this time of year. She says, all I want for Christmas is you is that song. So if you are a Packers person, all you want for Christmas is what? I mean, I think the first thing was a hat and a T-shirt. And the right. Packers got that. So all you want for Christmas is the number one seed. You want Aaron Rodgers to be healthy. And, you know, Zadarius Smith got his Pro Bowl nod. He said, that that's great, but we want the Super Bowl. Bunch of players have said it. So all we want for Christmas is the number one seed. And I think that the Packers have a really, really good opportunity to clinch that Sunday night. Yeah, I'm going to go one step further. Not just the number one seed, but I want the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field. I've seen that the last time we saw that, I've still got a bad taste in my mouth from the Giants game 13 years ago. It's time for a new memory. It's time for 2020 to give us something good. Uh, we haven't had a whole lot going on this year that's been positive. I think it's been uh, it's been a rough year for a lot of people. It's, it's time for something good. So all I want for Christmas is, yeah, that number one seed in that NFC title game to be at Lambeau Field because I think that would be just an absolutely epic start to 2021. So that's going to do it for this edition. A happy holiday season to all of you. Thank you guys for listening all year long. We're finishing up our third full season of, of pack a day here. So that's, that's incredible to think about in and of itself. I'm Jacob Westendorf. You can find me. I'm on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf and all over the place, just the internet. Uh, that's the way Peter Bukowski always likes to put it. So I'm on the internet. If you can find anything there, one thing I do want to plug that I did personally, which was really cool. I had a chance to sit down and interview Tyler Dunn, formerly a bleacher report. Uh, now with his own thing, it's called the go long. He's calling it a newsletter. So I guess that's what we'll go with. But we had a lot of good stuff in there. We had a chance to talk about his uh, story on the Packers succession plan, Jordan love, Jay Sternberger, uh, his story from the past about Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy and some of that stuff, a, a lot of good stuff in there packed into one hour. So if you're traveling for Christmas or something, it kind of fits into that. Or if you want to ignore your in-laws, I think that's a good opportunity to do that as well. But more importantly, we have Maggie Loney who would never ignore her in-laws. I would absolutely never do that in my life. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. Um, I mean, I'm on the internet too, but you can find me with She Said TV, two articles a week. Uh, Perry Goldstein and I do the Packs What She Said podcast. And then you can find both of us on Monday uh, for Game on Wisconsin doing happy hour at 6 p.m. So hopefully we have another Victory Monday. It is going to be absolutely epic if we are doing the Victory Monday as the Packers have clinched the number one seed. But if we have to wait until week 17 happy hour, then it will be just as happy then. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Thank you as always for listening to our merry band of misfits do this show oh i miss jingle and jangle and every last year we were talking about <laughs> that so shout out to nick schmitz the jangle to my jingle everybody thank you enjoy your holiday <laughs>